Welcome to another episode on the Home Tech Talk podcast. My name is Jake. And my name is Aiden. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. How you been, Aiden? Very well. Very well. How you been? Yeah, yeah, good. What you been up to? Uh the 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 roller coaster ride that is the custom integration business. Yep. The ups, the downs, it's all happening. It's the it's busy also, time of year. Yeah, it's also getting to the pointy end of the year. So yeah. Yeah, how are you going with that? Yeah. Um definitely a roller coaster ride. If I could get more gear, uh, I think we've heard this before. <laughs> it's a reoccurring theme. If I could get all the gear I needed, it'd probably make things a little bit smoother. But like I said, you get the, you get delivered at this point of the year the groundwork that you laid before. So yeah, if you've had all your processes in place and and hopefully um, there hasn't been too many challenges, you should be pretty good for the end of the year. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get started on this week's episode, if you are liking our content and would like to contribute to our cause, we have a PayPal link below in our show notes. So please feel free to check that out. This week, we'll be learning more about Origin Acoustics, which is an architectural speaker manufacturer who work closely with integrators. Welcome to the show, Jose. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, It's been way overdue. It has been put off a little bit. Yeah, I um, apologize for the delay, but here we are. Um, Time zones and and everything else makes a difference, but... um, I'm here now. <laughs> so we're joining London. We're in London at this moment. Yes, um, just just above London. So yeah, you've gone international again. Again, here we are on the other side of the world. Isn't Lovely. it interesting? Through a portal. Through a portal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Magic. I was thinking before this, I need to probably precursor this up front. I'm going to have trouble not sounding like a bit of a fanboy. Like I've I've actually really really love origin acoustics so i'm sort of having trouble just oh if i if i sound like i'm just a pure fanboy let's just get that out of the way up front we'll rein it back in yeah i'm okay with that okay good (laughs) (laughs) no i I am actually i've only just started like a couple of months back into doing origin after a few years off um not looking at the brand so um it's all it's reignited my excitement for some of the things that origin do that are quite special so it's it's good to be back. That's that's quite interesting. How how long were you away from us, so to speak? Um, probably three, three maybe four years. So I used to do pretty much exclusively Origin back. I don't know, yeah, four, five, six years years ago. Okay. And then um, we went heavily into the Control Four space, and that that gave us Triad and mm. things like that. So yeah, that's sort of where we spent our time. But now we're back well glad to have you back uh one of the things i was going to say is if you were away for so long so to speak you noticed that we never stop so the products that you were using three years ago have been completely changed the mounting system the the magnets are now uh hidden there's a locking uh mechanism in it the springer the springs are a bit um stronger so it's interesting. I would like to also take your view on this because I've never spoken to someone that stopped using and then now started using again. Um, is it noticeable? Do you notice all the work we do on the background to get you the best installation system possible and speaker? Well, funnily enough, I mean, that's why I sort of made that point because I, I one of the things that I did this week was actually go back to a, a system that I delivered in 2014 and I had to install a Control 4 processor in the ceiling space 
um, to provide Zigbee for remote control that had a TV lift and things like that. All of these, all the component required for that was accessed via the speaker. So I actually had to go and unclip a D-series in-ceiling speaker to remove it to access all the, the operating equipment for the, the TV lift and the network and all those things that were behind the speaker. And I have to say, it was, it was pretty good. That, yeah, that's interesting. That's exactly one of the use scenarios that um, got us into the boat and marine series. Yep. Um, I was talking to my um, uh, European installers, and one of the things they were saying is, uh, we're using your speaker on boats because it's easy for us to hide an Apple TV or a Zigbee repeater or even in a Wi-Fi uh, router behind the speaker and we can simply use it as an access point instead of putting a great big you know square box there that looks out of, out of place um, and I was like mm, our speakers are not really made for the marine market and that's where uh, I went to our engineers and it's like guys we, we really need a marine speaker because it's being used because of the ability to take it off the wall uh, and make it very easy for the installers to hide other things and not have an access point so what you mentioned is exactly how uh, we came up with the Explorer series, for instance, for using on coastal areas, but mostly on boats. Um, and I'm glad it, it served that purpose for you in a it residence as well. Because I've had Good. plenty of times in, in the meantime where I'm trying to screw those dog legs back into the seat <laughs> and get it to get out of the way so I can remove a speaker and Jiprock's getting damaged and it's just a mess. And then all the Jiprock falls back out after you remove the speaker. So like, you know, in a finished environment, if you you need to remove that speaker, you just little twist and then out it comes, magic. Job done, yeah, exactly. Um, the other issue we I've seen happen with the dog legs is if they've been there for so long, it, it gets dry and then when you try to re-screw it in place, it will crack and, you know, it, it just becomes a nightmare. So that that is basically our approach to design from the very beginning. Um, we started with a fresh, um, fresh approach because we didn't have any legacy products anymore. Um, the origin, origin, so to speak, is all the way back in 1972. Ken and Ed, our co-founders, they were the guys that first started making architecture speakers. And the funny story is that the wife didn't want to see towers, right? Funny how that usually is a huge driver for our industry on the on the custom side. You know, they don't want to see something. Uh, the guy has to hide it, and that's where we come in and you do your custom uh, skills and magic. So they created the first one back in 1972, and after practically 40 years on the market, um, they decided that they were going to sell to. After founding Speakercraft together with Jeremy, they decided they would sell off. Uh, and move on and retire. Um, that didn't last long. <laughs> and in 2012, they came back. And the idea was, if we're going to come back, let's do something worthwhile. Do we have, you know, let, let's look at what the common complaints from our dealers are. And let's see if we can solve them. And the number one was the dog legs, you know, the installation system. And the second biggest problem was um, upgrade. And not just upgrade, but also the, the cutout. So, for instance, you are no stranger to this, I'm sure, as integrators. If you go to a property, you need to know uh, what speaker the client needs before you start cutting holes in the ceiling, right? Otherwise, you're in trouble. Um, well, 
with our system, we, with the one installation system, we managed to fix both of those issues. Number one, you don't need to uh, turn any screws or tighten any dog legs. It's simply four zip clips, goes into the hole, pull it down, job done. It would take you literally 10 seconds to do it. Um, the other thing was we managed to fit all our six and a half inch and our eight inch speakers into the same aperture. It means that the six inch from us is slightly bigger than the, the footprint, is slightly bigger than our competitions, but our eight is a lot smaller because it fits into the same hole. So it means that we have 25 different speakers that will now fit into that same hole. I'm sure as an integrator, you can see the, the benefit of that because if you went into a property where the budget changes or they didn't think about speakers, you can still cut out the holes and now you can sell all the way from a D61 all the way up to a D89, all the Explorer series, which is the marine version, all the Bang & Olufsen, six and eight inches as well, will all go into that same hole. And the joke I always make is you cut the 222 millimeter hole and now how much money you make out of that hole is down to your sales skills. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to think about it, I guess. It's a good cutout size to remember too. Yeah, I nice always, and even. It always brings me undone. What size do I cut this hole? I'm like, two, two, two. Easy. That's, yeah, that was another thing. Eliminate um, uh, human error, you know. We, we have a program where we, we go to the architects and we uh, tell them, you know, to use our rings and the cover to, to uh, pass pressure tests and everything like that. And the number one question is, yeah, but... I need to know which size the speaker the client wants um, so that they can cut the hole. And we're like, don't worry about that. It's all the same. They will all fit into the same one. And they're so relieved that human error is no longer going to be a part of it because they tell me that they lost count of how many times they have to redo the ceiling because the, 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 the holes are wrong or the client doesn't want that speaker. They want a bigger or a smaller. Um, and we try to solve that. We even solved the issue if, let's say, your client wants a 10-inch speaker, and we all know projects rarely go according to plan, and at the end of the, the project, they cannot longer afford or don't have the budget for the 10-inch. We even sell an adapter that you can just put the adapter on, and now all our 6 and 8-inch uh, speakers will fit into that same hole. I mean, not, not too many people know about a 10-inch in-ceiling speaker. I don't know of another one on the market, so... I mean, that's a, it's a certain thing in itself. I keep searching. I haven't seen another 10-inch. Um, the, the issue with the 10-inch ones that, and the reason why no one else can do it is the, the aesthetics, the look of it, right? So they all need to use um, dog legs. The ones that don't use dog legs, you still need a screwdriver to get it off the ceiling, which doesn't make it quite toolless. Uh, <clears throat> a little dig at the competition there have to do it <laughs> um, so the, the the problem is the size you know it looks like a huge pan in the ceiling and no one likes it we solve that problem because we don't have the dog uh, the dog legs we don't have any screws to turn so the whole space is actually being used by the driver if you look at our 10 inch if you even google d109 you will see that the whole speaker is the driver you know and it's a three-way system as well so because the the, the woofer doesn't need to pivot. We just made the, the center point pivot, which is basically the mid and the tweeter. And that is directional. You can point it at whatever you want. 
but the warfare stays um, locked down. That also helped reduce the size and the look of it. Um, so it's not that they can't do it. I mean, anyone can do a 10-inch speaker. It's just it will look huge. Uh, and I'm sure you come across a lot of interior designers on your projects and they would just say no to that. Yeah, I mean, one of the other things that I really like is that, I mean, I had a big issue. So, I mean, with this, on a, in Australia, effectively, it, all the projects are, well, 90% plus of all the projects are right on the coast. So, we're always, you know, exposed, to, even if the speakers are inside, they're exposed to the salt air in, in you know, most cases. So, the, well, the thing that I remember and the thing that has become very apparent again is that this the grills on origin speakers seem to not be concerned i mean i know I and mean, we're just doing a project up on one of the beaches and we've ordered the um x the the replacement grills which are the x series grills yeah um but even just the standard grills like they don't seem to corrode they don't seem to rust they, they don't seem to have the issues that i like trust me i've seen some I'm almost changing on one project speaker grills every single year because they have like stain, like rust stain marks and terrible. You see they, the, the grills, uh, the common grills, the, the, not the Explorer series grills, which is what you are um, going to be replacing in this project of yours. Uh, they're not treated and technically they shouldn't last longer. Where our secret is, is somewhere else. If you look at our magnets on the grill, on the, on the ring, on the mounting bracket, we've hidden the magnets behind the, the grill. Because the reason the clients are calling you from, you know, let's say other manufacturers and saying the grills are rusty, it's because the magnet rusts. And then that uh, shows through the, through the grill. So you end up with these spots all around the grill. Uh, and we figured out that actually the grill is fine. It was the magnet that was causing that. And sometimes even away from the coast, let's say, you know, where we're based in Las Vegas, uh, it, will, it will have dots and look like it is rust, but it's actually minerals from the air that the magnet is, is attracting. So by hiding the magnet behind um, the plastic, we made the connection is slightly weaker, but you still struggle to get it out unless you have good nails. But we eliminated this issue with uh, rusting and then pulling dust in as well. And basically, that's why the normal uh, grills seem to last a lot longer. For the Coast, I recommend you always go for the Explorer series. That's what it was designed for. Uh, and actually, sea air is the most lethal thing to a speaker, not exactly the water. So, yeah, when they open their, their doors to enjoy the heat, I can't do that here. It's a bit too cold. Um, that air will come in and damage the speakers. So long explanation, but basically it's all to do with the magnets. Yeah, and the good thing is, like, I'm even using on the, ac- on the actual outdoor parts of the thing, we're using the Explorer Series speakers, and then on the inside we're using the standard D-Series speakers, but we're putting the Explorer grills, which are, you know, a... a purchasable product mm-hmm. just to replace the grill with the, the explorer series grill so out and they look exactly the same i'm sure they sound exactly the same the explorer series outside the standard d series inside but explorer grills across the whole lot of them yeah they they are exactly the same grill uh, the difference is just the treatment uh we do suggest on the outside you remove the felt 
if you're installing it outside because the felt is one thing that can get moldy over time if it's exposed to sea moisture and stuff like that. So we always say remove the felt on the Explorer ones and you will know which one's the Explorer because it has an orange dot on the inside of it. Uh, but that's the only difference, really. Speaking of grills, we, we are still um, a fast-moving manufacturer, let's put it that way. We're not small, but we can still move fast. And we do adapt the local market uh, whatever we can. So, for instance, for Australia, when I was there, a lot of clients uh, were asking for uh, black grills for the cinemas. So we actually have black grills exclusively for Australia on the market. Uh, we made it and shipped directly to you guys. So we do um, try to look after the, the local market, whatever possible. Uh, in other markets like Brazil, we actually have products that come only with a square grill. They don't use round grills in those countries. Uh, Brazil and Argentina, I don't know why. Um, so we try to adapt. So speaking of grills, yeah, we have exclusive black grills uh, in stock for the Australian market. Another nice touch is the included guitar pick. Yeah, not with the in-ceiling speakers, but that, they are with the – that's the install process for the yeah. in-wall speakers. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, very rock and roll. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we – it is a little bit of a joke that, you know, we're it's rock and roll. You could easily do it with a screwdriver. But the guitar pick, most installers keep it. They find it cool. Um, we have one of our uh, sales managers in the U.S., Jim, he plays on a band and he only plays with the origin guitar pick. Just that's his thing, <laughs> you know? So we're glad you enjoyed it, enjoying it. And we're glad you you got the joke as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a nice touch. Funnily enough, I haven't seen a set of those since, you know, it's probably been eight years to be honest, since I've seen you still one remember. So I remember it. It's good. Yeah. good. I mean, surprisingly enough, they're easy enough to, to remove as well. So you turn it back the other way and then reload the spring and back in it goes. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't make as much noise about the our in-walls being also toolless, but they are also toolless. And to remove is, like you said, you just turn it the opposite way you turn to install. Um, you have to pay attention, though, because some of them twist the wrong way around, so to speak. Um, and then, yeah. But if anyone breaks taking that off, we have plenty of spares. We just send it out. Yep. So one of the things that I've noticed since um, delivering these again is that they're really, really light. So like compared to other in-ceiling speakers or whatever, they, they're really light. So, I mean, I've, I also happen, which is probably part of a further conversation, but I'm now having the Marquee, which is your you know specialized cinema product, I've considered that. I made Jake pick it up. It's legitimately the heaviest speaker for its size I have ever touched. But the in-ceiling speakers are actually the lightest speaker I've ever touched. So I don't know what's going on there. You've got the record for the lightest speaker and the heaviest speaker all from one manufacturer. Which we're trying. <laughs> Break records. Uh, well, the in-ceiling is easy. Uh, less parts, basically. We Our magnets are, are the same size as the competitions pretty much. Uh, but we do have less parts, you know, we don't need the, all the dog legs, all the screws that go with it, that all adds weight. Um, and the materials we use as well, you know, are a lot lighter. Uh, the, the basket is compression molded, it was the only way we, we, we could do it so they could absorb uh, the resonances that, you know, try to escape off the speaker and travel around the ceiling. 
Uh, we do that in two different ways, but one of them is by uh, injection molding the basket. But that also makes it lighter and stronger because you can see it's all like honeycomb shape almost. Right. With the marquee, they're heavy because they are meant to be super powerful. Uh, we are competing with uh, the synthesis type of speakers out there, but we managed to make ours much smaller by using extruded aluminium uh, boxes. But it did mean that we had to to uh, put quite big drivers and big magnets and everything else to go with it. So to work that air volume hard enough, we had to make it basically heavy is the short answer. That it is. It is a completely different line, um, the Marquis series. We designed it from scratch as well with paper cone, with compression drivers and everything else. And even the in-ceiling speakers, the 10-inch the speaker, mm-hmm. uh, the Marquis series is the only thing in common that it has with director collection is the mounting system. Yep. Uh, the, everything else is bespoke for that line. Yeah, I mean, we're going to look at doing some video to show some of the, the mounting system and the way that this basket is um, is manufactured. It is drastically different to everything else on the market. So nothing else that I have used has a basket that's even remotely like this, and it, it does have a rigid rigidity to it that nothing else seems to have which is what it gives it allows you to play louder SPLs and give you better bass definition than anything else that you're going to get absolutely yeah and the and also with the knowledge that you know the whole ceiling is not going to vibrate because of that for two two reasons the basket itself absorbs um, a lot of it because of the shape uh, it cancels each other out basically because it's traveling in all different directions but also even the mounting system, the way the springs uh, squeeze down, the, the, the points of contact, they're still sprung. So they actually also absorb um, a lot of the vibrations. And one of the other reasons you can play loudly is also our X-Wave technology. Um, if you look at our speaker, the Inceding Director Series, you will see that the, the rubber basically holding the woofer onto the basket is inverted. And the reason for that is so that the resonance that travels up and down the cone when you're playing music can just dissipate and escape rather than stay there trapped. So this is something Ken, he's a great um, audio engineer, uh, is something that Ken worked out. Basically, uh, there's that, this vibration that runs up and down the cone on every speaker. So he figured out a way to make it basically dissipate out. Um, so another reason why we can play louder with less distortion than pretty much everyone else. Yeah, I guess it's more efficient in a, in the performance as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, we've covered a lot of in-ceiling speakers. You say that we don't make much noise about the in-walls. You do have some large, like the Composer series does have some large in-wall speakers that would suit like a lot of more commonly implemented theaters or media rooms they um i've used those in the past too that they, they work perfectly like in a room i think i used them in a room that was probably about three and a half to four meters by you know about three three and a half meters wide um and they're behind an acoustic screen they work beautifully they're perfect for a smaller room that sort of thing i mean you've got plenty of options i mean this is a massive how many speakers are there in the line like there's endless 
seems like. Honestly, I, I, I lost count because we keep launching new stuff. <laughs> um, and, and that's the thing, you know, we I keep joking, we have way too many products for me to remember them all. Um, but yeah, we, we do have the ones you're mentioning is the theater series and the LCR series. So the theater series are the bigger ones. They're six and a half inch drivers uh, and they are perfect for your left and right. And then the LCR series is smaller, basically has two less drivers, um, and that's perfect for center or smaller media room but uh, or, or rears. And then we have the whole CRW and C collection that goes with it. So one thing that you were mentioning about the, um, the, the smaller media rooms, we actually designed the lines to work together. So for instance, if you're using the Theater 67 for your front drivers, uh, you should be using the C67 as your sides, uh, as your rears, possibly your D67s in the ceiling. So as long as the number, the last number matches, they're all timber matched. So like you mentioned for a smaller room, I would say, you know, all the way up to like 10 people home cinema, the theaters, the theater line will absolutely, you know, do the job a hundred percent. If you're going for a bigger cinema, you know, like 20, 30 people, then the marquee series will pick up from there. This is another, another level. But for smaller media rooms, um, you know, kids media rooms and things like that, absolutely. The, the smaller version, the theater and the LCR, we even do an LCR version that is a three and a half inch for a very small media room. Um, so yeah, we, we have those options as well. Yeah, so the the second number, so whether it's if it's in the in ceiling speakers, it's D sixty five, D sixty one, D sixty seven. They all have the, a certain cone material, and that's matched across the line, whether it be from composer or theatre line. They are the same. Absolutely, yeah. So, and they're they're all timber matched. So, that if you're using, you know, the theatre series goes from sixty seven to sixty nine. Uh, we have a sixty five LCR series as well. And basically, it's just the material. So the five is probably propylene. I can never say that word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the the uh, seven is um, glass fiber, and then the nines are always going to be Kevlar. So that that's how it works. And in short, if you're using D sixty sevens, you should use Theater sixty sevens, LCR sixty sevens, C sixty sevens to go with it. Makes sense. And then you've also got what subwoofers? What else are we looking at? We've got sound bars. We've got pretty much everything. Bollard speakers as well. Oh yeah, bollards. Oh yeah, we will go into landscape. That's a whole new, a whole other conversation, especially when it comes to Australia, Brazil, warmer countries, basically. Yeah, yeah. The landscape series is something else. Yeah, exactly. We do do subwoofers. We have uh, obviously we have the passive in ceilings as well. Um, so we have the big traditional boxes. You know, we do a six inch and an eight inch. The six inch in ceiling, uh, it will come with port tubes that will match the three and a half inch director. It will match the five inch director, and it will match the six eight inch director. So you can choose which tube you want according to what. Um, speaker you're using so that the, the you know the grill matches basically the 8 inch version it only comes as 6 and 8 because it produces way too much air pressure for the smaller tubes to cope um, so that one is only as a 6 and 8 but the 6 you can choose so if you're installing our spotlight type speakers then you know you definitely need a subwoofer to go with that and then you can have the grill to match uh, we also do the in wall 
version, our installation for the uh, in-wall new build version. Uh, everyone like goes and touches because they, they've never seen it. Basically, we hang it off the trusses and the box sits there in the wall and then you just attach the speaker to and it has a back box to go with it. And we obviously then have the retrofit version where you just cut a hole in the wall and stick it in. So those are our passive subwoofer lines. They're great for like the cinemas you were mentioning, smaller cinemas and um, even you know, media rooms, living rooms and things like that. And then we have the powered versions. And like everything we do, we'll go through on the, uh, on the landscape as well. We try to think, you know, what, what can we do different? And one of the things that we did differently on our powered version is that they all have a passive driver at the bottom. Uh, the reason is we want to use that extra free air that is there and being moved anyway by the driven driver. <laughs> Sounds funny, but the active driver, I should say. Um, so that produces a lot more bass and you can actually feel it on your feet uh, vibrating and that's all down to the down-firing driver. Uh, we've done that on two different lines. So we have our deep line, which is our high-end line. So it's mid-20th mid century design, looks like a piece of art, really. The top of it is brushed aluminium uh, in black, uh, and it has uh, an 8-inch, a 10-inch, 12-inch, and a dual-active 12-inch, which has uh, 1,200 watts of power. If you're doing a big cinema, that's all you need. And then we do the performance line, which is the better value for money, let's say, <laughs> um, line, which is more a petite cabinet with the same driver configuration and is available as an 8, 10, and 12. Of course, the performance is a little bit lower. Uh, it caps off at 300 watts for the 12-inch. So, again, we just try to do things a little bit different, add drivers, passive drivers, because we find that it, it does make a huge difference to the base. Yeah, especially if you've not got the huge power to push it. Passive radio, it gives you the free bass. We have the amplifiers to go with it as well. Uh, obviously not for the uh, powered subs, for the other ones as well. One of the other really cool products that caught my eye was the pendant speaker. That's also a super interesting product. It's not commonly seen throughout the market. I mean, if you've got that type of warehouse style going on, then the pendant speaker is awesome. It's designed nice as well. Yeah, the the one of the things that helps us is we, we have a very good friend uh, of the company, let's put it that way, who is an interior designer. Her name is Robin. And uh, we always consult with her on the design of our visible products, put it that way. That's how why our uh, subwoofers look so good because usually you have to hide it, right? You, people want the subwoofer to be hidden. Well, the deep line is to be seen. You know, it looks like something that belongs in, in, in a high-end living room. And the pendant were no different. So we went to her and we were talking and what she was saying is this is a new tendency in lighting to be like a long tube uh, with a light at the bottom and everything else. So we looked at a few designs for these like lighting. We see, we see a lot in um, high-end restaurants in Las Vegas as well. So we just tried to replicate it. Of course, you know, we have to do it a different shape and size. Uh, but if you look closely, it still matches the, the lights, um, especially the larger lights, let's say the five-inch type of light. Um, so that's what we tried to copy. We didn't want to do it like, you know, teardrop shape or 
or you know like a cone shape like some of our um, competitors have and the result is it actually looks really good it has the lines on it on the side um, and the advantage of having a cylindrical shape was that we could add a passive driver to the back of it so that's a tuned driver um, it will change according to the to the speaker so on our five inches smaller so they can be tuned accordingly and the the six and eight are also different sizes so that we can tune that passive driver to produce a lot of bass yeah it's a really interesting product i think it looks really cool we've actually had one in here Oh, you did, yeah. Um, so Australia and Brazil are the only two countries that have this product at the moment. Um, we haven't launched it officially yet. We're about to in um, 2022. So 2020 wasn't the time to launch commercial products. Uh, I don't think we need to say why. Uh, and then 2021 is being about you know producing enough of the regular speakers that you sell, director, uh, landscape product. We, you know, you were mentioning earlier about supply issues. We're not immune to that. So to, to launch a whole new commercial uh, line during this period, we, we just backed off a little bit. So the stock we had, Australia and Brazil bought. There's a beautiful installation in Brazil that I can share videos with you if you'd like. Um, and it is very much loved by all the architects and the designers because of the look, because of the sound, obviously and because it's on trend with the new lighting um, that's coming out. I guess that's also the fine line between performance and aesthetic, and I guess you guys are really sort of picking, you know, the best of both worlds. Yeah, I mean, we, we were kind of lucky with the pendant because the shape actually lend, lent itself to producing better sound, especially better bass. Um, so we were lucky on that one. Um, you know, some products we have to, like, tweak and the DSP or this or that, but with the, uh, with the uh, pendants was actually a benefit to have it look that way. Tell me about your bollards. What's going on? What, everyone that I've seen, I actually personally haven't experienced these things, but I do know Tom that you spoke of earlier and he's raving about these things. He loves them. Yeah. The bollards, I am still to meet a person that sees it and then listens to it that is not impressed. So Tom, Tom is uh, not wrong there and you need to get yourself one. Uh, as soon as possible to figure out why. <laughs> but basically what we did was, um, honestly, looking out in the market, we were a bit sick of brown plastics, put it that way. You know, every everyone makes the same spotlight brown plastics, the same mushroom cup subwoofer uh, or rocks, you know. So we thought, how can we can we do it differently and still deliver a lot of, you know, sound and bass all in one um, and also not be plastic. So the solution was, you know, our we we looked at lighting bollards. Um, that's where the, the inspiration came from. And then we started sketching and the engineers went out and worked out how tall it had to be to deliver the right sound and everything else. And what we came up with is basically a four and a half inch driver that fires down into a lens. This lens can be 360 or 180. And then buried, there's a six inch subwoofer. So it's basically a three-way speaker with a mid, with a mid, a tweeter firing into the lens and then the subwoofer being ported uh, and buried. It means that when you put that in a garden, you don't need as many as you would say our LS64 system with a subwoofer. Uh, and also, it's more uh, it, the sound is richer. 
right? The, the biggest issue with satellite speaker plus a subwoofer um, arrangement is if you are in the perfect spot, I'm sure you can tell me if I'm wrong, it sounds amazing. But as soon as you move away from that perfect spot, all you can hear is the highs and the mids and some faint bass in the background, correct? Yeah. With, with the bollard, even if you just put two in around a swimming pool or a garden, if you can hear it, you're hearing full sound. You're hearing all the highs, all the mids, and you're hearing the bass. And one thing that is really impressive is how well it travels through the air, uh, carrying all those notes. So we are very proud of it. Uh, we made it in two different shapes and three different colors. So we have it either square or round to, to suit the preferences. Round is usually um, what clients prefer. And then we can do it in bronze or brass. Never know what, what, what the difference is between the two. <laughs> so we can do it in bronze, black, or silver. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a great addition to any garden because A, you don't have to hide it. They actually look really good. And they sound amazing. So one of the things that we're talking about there is with a sub-satellite system, you end up with four, six-something satellite speakers, which do the upper frequency range, and a buried subwoofer in a single location. And what happens is there's a a time alignment, which is actually what makes music relaxing to listen to or not, um, is that the subwoofer is not in time alignment with those satellite speakers because it's in a single originating space and the satellite speakers will typically be much closer or further away from you depending on where you stand so that's kind of one of the issues that comes up with a sub-satellite system and that's what's alleviated with the bollard because the bass is originating at the same location as the high and mid frequencies yeah and we we also have um, the amplifiers with the built-in dsp that makes sure as well that there's just enough delay on the subwoofer to make sure that everything is arriving at you at the same time. Uh, so everything was thought out, you know, thoroughly. Uh, we, we've been incredibly successful with it, especially in the Scandinavian countries. I was surprised, uh, but they love it, I guess. So one of the things that Scandinavian dealers installers were saying was that it reminds them of a more Bang & Olufsen design, you know, with the lens, with the shape, with the colors. Um, and we've sold a lot of them into that market. Uh, honestly, we can't make enough of them at the moment. So, yeah, we, we're very pleased with it. And we are working on a few other things um, to do with it. And we should have it out in the next year or so, a few other products related to the Bollard. Imagine a lot in that Bollard. We actually showed it at the CDA uh, event in San Diego. It looked incredible. It had a reflector light and everything. It's always been the idea from the very beginning. Um, I was in Portugal in 2018, and there was a bollard with a light and a satellite speaker right beside it. And I'm like, why don't we join the two, you know? Um, it's always been on the plans. We actually showed it at CDA one year. Our issue is certification. Uh, which we were going to do in 2020, 2021. No need to say why, but the uh, certification offices were all closed. So there's a lot of things you have to go through with lighting. Uh, and 2020 wasn't the right time for it. So it's not off the table, uh, but we don't have any prediction when we're going to come out with anything like that. Yeah, it's best not to make those predictions, trust me. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we don't, it's not off the table, but we don't have any plans you know, any dates. All right. The marquee line is definitely the thing that I'm most excited about. 
Um, I don't even know if we've you've had a listen yet, have you, Jay? No, uh, I think when we put them in, I had a brief listen, but uh, since then, no. Yeah, so definitely something that I'm excited about. It's right up my street. Um, super excited to be doing this product. How did it come about? And sort of, you said it's a totally different line. I mean, it definitely is a different product to the rest of the the product. I mean, it's its own thing for sure. So. How did it come come about? Yeah, we we were lacking um, something on that end. And if you know Jeremy, you know he doesn't want to be second best to JBL Synthesis or something like that. So he pushed our engineers to come up with something that was smaller but sounded better. And, you know, we, we are a team of engineers. When you give them a, a task, they'll come up with something amazing. That's what I found. So Jeremy tasked them with, you know, we need to beat these guys and we need to come up with something. He, he didn't accept that we didn't have something at that level. So the, the engineers basically got a clean piece of paper to go out and do their worst or best, you know. Um, and that's what they came, up, came back with. And honestly, we, we plugged in the prototypes at our showroom in Las Vegas and we just went down to um, Radio Shack and we got um, just a Pioneer amplifier. It was like a three, $399 amplifier, plugged it in, and we were all blown off you know, our sofas. And we're like, okay, let's bring some dealers in, have them listen and see what they think. And every dealer had the same response, when can I sell it? So we went ahead and um, started manufacturing it. Still uh, low volume at the moment. You know, we are ramping up production of that because, as you said, it's a completely different product. We, you know, we, we've been launching it gradually in different markets. For instance, in the UK, it's not present at the moment. So it is something we want to focus on. I don't know if you noticed, but we are, we are on a push to go upwards, uh, up market, so to speak, because... To be, to be honest, you know, there's a lot of competition at the bottom of the market. That's not where we see ourselves. And it's, it's a red sea swimming. I'm sure you know this expression where there's a lot of comp- competitors and no one is actually, you know, making any difference. So we want to go a little bit more upmarket, have products that actually get you guys excited. Like I can hear uh, Adam being excited about the, the marquee speaker. So I guess we... We reached our goal there. We don't want to make bland products that you fill holes in a ceiling or in a wall. We want to sell products that you are excited to install, you're excited to sell, uh, you're excited to listen to. So the Marquis is one of those products. is is basically the combination of 42, 40 to 45 years of audio engineering. Uh, that's what happens when you let the guys loose without any restraints. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is that joke, oh, it's exciting to have another in-ceiling speaker, said nobody ever. Like, <laughs> there's just so many. And like, I'm, I'm known for just like wanting to see and experience and touch every single speaker out there. Like I, I genuinely am excited every time a new product rolls through the door. But um, very rarely does anything actually sort of move the needle and I've become completely desensitized to it. I just, oh, oh yeah, like it's... Some stuff I don't even talk about after the fact, you know. After being, uh, how long have you been in this industry? About 13 years. 
Exactly. After being in the industry for this long, I mean, you know, you, you do become a little bit jaded. Like, oh, yeah, sure, a new speaker. But speaking of touch, did you notice that our director series has rubberized plastic? So when you're installing, when you're touching, it feels like an expensive interior of, you know, a luxury car, not, a, you know, a brittle piece of plastic that you're touching so we try to think of all those little things for you guys as well i mean that's the thing that makes the difference well that's the thing that i notice is the difference with the origin product is that it legitimately does do things differently like it's not just another insulin speaker like there is a, a, a legitimate point of difference what, what you're saying is absolutely correct and it comes back to the origin of our company you know to use that word again but is our brand um when Jeremy wanted to come back to the market, uh, he approached the current CEO, who is also his cousin, Nick Berry, and said, I want to launch another speaker brand. And Nick's answer was like, why? <laughs> There's 300 brands of speakers out there. Why? And the, the, you know, the, the, the answer Jeremy had to come up with is like, because we can do things better, we can do things differently. And the moment we don't feel we can do that anymore, then you know, why are we here? So we do try to do things differently, not just the way you install, not just the way uh, we build our products, not on just on the over 20 patents we have on these speakers, but also to make sure that when you touch them, you're excited again about installing speakers. Because there's one thing I notice in this, um, I'm not originally from this industry, but there's one thing I notice in the industry, even though we are in the forefront of technology, supposedly, most dealers just want to install what they know. They rarely give attention to a new speaker coming out. Uh, they never pay attention to a new control system coming out because, you know, we're all struggling to make a living and you want to install things that works. So I don't blame the dealers for not trying to take risks on a new, pro new uh, product to go into a client's home, which will end up losing him money and the client is unhappy. But the downside of it is, even though we are meant to be at the forefront of technology, a lot of dealers don't actually look at new technology until you literally force them to, right? So I had experience of talking to someone and I said to them, when was the last time the company you installed speakers would launch a new product? And he couldn't remember. So I told him it was 15 years ago and it was this product. You know, your, your company name, I'm not going to say the company name, but it was something to do with the latest technology, something along those lines. And I'm like, well, either change the name of your company or look at what else is on the market. But I get it as well. You know, you, you want to install things that work. You want to install things that you know is not going to give you issues. And that's why we came to market and we're like, lifetime warranty, completely different products. If it doesn't work, we'll give you your money back. We'll give you another product. If you want an upgrade, you don't need to recut the ceiling. You can just go in, take that speaker out, put a new one in, which you know worked wonders for people during lockdown because they could just go into properties and upgrade them and make some money without actually having to cut the ceiling or anything else. So if we can't excite the dealers anymore, then as origin, as people, as what we do, then what are we doing here, you know? So... That's why the Bollard, for instance, you know, elicits a lot of um, passion from people. The Marquis clearly ate them, at least. Um, <laughs> 
So that's that's the approach, you know. We Nick was like, I, I don't want to start just another speaker company because we have a name, you know. Uh, it needs to be something different, and you know that that's where we come from, basically. Speaking of your background and sort of how you got into the industry, did you want to give our listeners sort of a brief insight on what your current role is at Origin and also how you sort of entered the industry? So I am the international director for Origin. So anything outside the US, Canada and Mexico um, is down to me. I started in this industry 10 years ago now, and it was with a company called Qmotion. I don't know if you know them. They make uh, electronics, um, battery-powered mostly uh, blinds and curtains. So um, together with Ian, um, the, the owner of Qmotion at the time, the factory in the UK, we started pretty much from zero, and now we're pretty much one of the biggest blind companies in, in, in the UK. Uh, so that was my role. I, I um, helped Ian with that company take it from zero to where you know I left three years later. They're doing extremely well, and that's how I got into the smart home industry because part of our system was the Zigbee system and the Zigbee blinds that worked natively with Control Four uh, and with a uh, with a driver and uh, an adapter and. Uh, basically a control system it could be integrated into any other system so i started going to isc and all that and honestly you know i'm sure you you can relate to this i fell in love with the industry you know um and then in 2017 i went for a tour of europe together with uh, jeremy our distributor in southern europe genesis technologies we we started a tour in lisbon portugal went down to the south and then to to Spain, then to Italy and all that. So I actually spent a week with Jeremy trapped in a car. So that could be a dream for some people, a nightmare for others. <laughs> but that's how we got to know each other. And yeah, we did our events. You know, I did my thing, he did his. And when they got back to the US, he got back to the US. Um, he called me and, you know, made me an offer, spoke to, to Nick and about two months later, I was in the U.S., and um, ever since, I'm origin through and through. I still have a great relationship with um, Ian from Qmotion. You know, we, we still help each other when we can and all that. Um, we're a small industry at the end of the day. You know, we, we, you, you have to treat everyone with respect. That's why I would never say anything bad about other companies or other people. Uh, but I'll compete with you on the products. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair. Exactly. Yeah, Jeremy's an infectious person, isn't he? He's a very specific character. Yes, yes, he is. Um, yeah. I spent some time with him when he had speaker craft and things like that. So, yeah, I've met him a couple of times. Yeah, we, we were in Australia together in 2019 uh, in the Sydney events he was there. So, um, we... We have a, a lot of dealers that know him from back in the day and trust in what he does and uh, what he doesn't. I mean, these days, you know, he, he talks every day with Nick. Uh, Nick is his dean to his young, you know, they, they balance each other out. Um, and overall, it's, it's a great dynamic. Um, I do my thing internationally. They do their thing in the U.S. And, yeah. It's, it's working and is working pretty well worldwide at the moment. Very nice. Yeah, I think it's a good, I think it's a good, good company, good company story, interesting products. What's not to love? Absolutely. Like I said, fanboy. 
<laughs> there it is. I did it. Yeah, you, you did it. But I did, uh, um, you're right. I mean, I don't. I can't work for companies or products I don't believe in. Put it that way. Uh, and you know, I I can't see myself anywhere else at the moment. And I love Origin to bits, and I'm doing everything I can to make sure that we are a force to be reckoned with internationally. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I get to choose which brands I do to a greater or lesser extent and i got so bored with the whole multi-room audio thing i almost like i actually stopped like i got a showroom i actually stopped playing any audio through any of our you know in-ceiling speaker multi-room things at any demonstration because it's just it's so uninspiring people are just like yeah like unless they you know if people are passionate about audio i wasn't playing them an in-ceiling speaker anyway and then other people just look legitimately didn't care and it was so un unimpactful that it was just like people were like oh yeah like they could take it or leave it i was better off not demo demonstrating it to them and just telling them that they should have audio in their kitchen and wherever else and that would be more beneficial in terms of the sale of that part of the system as opposed to actually demonstrating it to them now i'll be like have a listen to this like it actually sounds it's it, it creates a, an experience that's beneficial to people like they actually want to do it once they hear it so. Especially if you're playing them one of our three-way speakers, you know, from the D85 to D89 or 105 to 109, it's three-way. It makes a huge difference having the woofer completely separate uh, and being able to pivot the, the center and the tweeter towards whatever you want um, as well makes a huge difference. But I'm glad you're back to in, uh, showing it. And I... I, I feel your your pain in a way because when I travel, for instance, I was in Brazil, and the distributor there did he was running at, running down his stock of another brand, which is disappearing, and launching Origin. Right, so I'm doing my presentation. There's about 200 dealers, and one dealer asked, you know, but what's the difference between your product and you know? He said the other brand. And I was about to answer, but then I looked down. And when I looked down, I saw a D85. And, you know, if you look at it, you know how beautiful it looks. You know how modern it looks. And then there was the other brand, which is from about 16, 20 years ago. So instead of answering, I just picked them both up, turned them around and said, well, which one looks like it was designed this century? And that's it. That's all I had to say. And everyone, okay, you know. We, we are origin now kind of thing. It's one of our best markets in, in Brazil at the moment. And, you know, sometimes you just have to look at the product to, to know that a lot of thought went into it. And I hope you, you see that as well when you, when you touch, when you install, more importantly, when you listen to our products. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's sort of catering to all the sort of wants and needs, I guess, for installers as well, making it easy to use, clip in, clip out yeah. sort of thing. And and also having the, the quality of sound to back up the installation as well. So it really helps both the installers and the end users to, to really appreciate the product. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like Aiden was, when Aiden was saying about not bothering showing the clients, it's, it's one thing I always say to, to my people, I always say to um, anyone that will listen that are a manufacturer. The people we have to convince for our products um, to, to sell, to install is you. It's you, the installer. You have the complete freedom and ability to completely ignore the fact that you have installing speakers if you feel like it when a client walks in, correct? So it's our job to excite you enough to, to want to sell it, to offer it, because... If you 
if you don't mention to the client that he can have insulin speakers, most people's experience of insulin speakers is what public places, you know, the, 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 the terrible $5 speakers in the ceiling that you can never hear. So if you say to them just insulin speakers, that's what they're going to associate it with. But that's where you come in. You can go, no, these are hi-fi speakers, and I love this, you know. And having them yourself is, to me, very valuable. Because if you have it in, in your own house, if you have it in your own showroom and you listen to it frequently, that passion, that enthusiasm for the speaker, for the brand will come out. That's why uh, we have about 49 showrooms in Australia at the moment. I'm a big proponent of you need to, as the installer, you need to listen, you need to install. Uh, if you feel passionate about it, if you realize, if you, if, if you see that we actually thought about you and also the audio quality and the warranty and everything else backs it up for the end user, you're going to install it. Whereas if we can't convince you, you are happy to ignore that you even sell in ceiling speakers. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, obviously I don't want to grow your market in Sydney because that's just would be a silly move on my part, but anyone who's looking at <laughs> anyone who's looking at insulin speakers, I mean, it's the perfect proposition in terms of performance. You've got support, you've got lifetime warranty, you've got options with grills and installation environments that's unparalleled. You don't have to have a specific cutout for a specific outdoor speaker versus the same eight-inch speaker inside. It just simplifies it. It's simple performance and lifetime warranty and support. That's it. It's easy. Yeah, easy. And um, we we also thought about, you know, what about when times are lean for you guys? For instance, one of the uh, propositions I put forward in 2020 during the lockdown in the UK was go back through all the clients that bought six inches of you and offer them the eight inch. The client can install it himself, you know, give him a discount because at the end of the day, all he has to do is un- unclip, put a new one in, clip it back in, put the old ones, not really old, in the box and send it back, you know. And a lot of uh, uh, dealers did that because, you know, people are now stuck at home and they're like, hey, you know, you lived a year now with these six-inch speakers. How about trying a three-way D85? You know, it's completely different. Once once you listen to the eight-inch three-way versus even the eight-inch two-way, it's a completely different animal. And no one wants to send that back. Um, and then a lot of what the, the dealers were doing is they're just reselling those six inches that came back from the client to someone else because lifetime warranty and every speaker comes with its own bayonet, its own, its own, uh, grill. So they could just resell it. And that's how a lot of dealers in the UK and in Europe carried on making money and, you know, waiting for times to get better, um, because our system allows that. That's a really good Thing. I mean, a change is as good as a holiday. If you're bored listening to the music, then change the way you listen to it, and then it's like a whole new experience again. And it's so easy to do. Yeah. And if the client is at home, stuck, needs something to do, what's better than installing some new speakers in the ceiling? Yeah, especially if you don't kill yourself doing it. It's nice and straightforward. That, that would be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be ideal. Don't, don't drop the drill. Wait, there's no drill with Origin. So, or, so Marquee hasn't launched globally yet. That's interesting. So we've basically got a little preview here. 
Uh, no, it's launched. It's just not being marketed globally. Uh, and that, so we're marketing it in the US. We have quite a few of them in Spain um, and Australia. So because, because we are slowly ramping up production, if we launch it everywhere, we wouldn't be able to fulfill it, basically. So the US, um, Spain, and, and that region of Europe is, is got it. You guys got it. Um, like Brazil, here in the UK, um, still not yet. So hopefully, you know, as we ramp up production, as things start going back to normal uh, and shipping and all that, hopefully we can spread it out but no you, you you don't have any prototypes or preview it's just you know we have to walk before we can run as they say the the information is slim regarding some of it so yeah it's definitely a cutting edge product uh yeah uh, that's that's one thing that my engineers still have to put it properly um and once once that's all in i'll i'll post and send it to everyone so yeah that I'm fully aware of that. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're going around. We're in each state is effectively what's happening. We're putting. You're going to have a a marquee demonstration facility that people can come and listen. Um, we on, already have. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I'll be looking to do, so that um other dealers and whatever else who want to experience it can come and have a have a listen and see what it's like. I mean, like I said before, I've played with an absolute truckload of speakers. Like I, I have a, I, I enjoy listening to different things. So I get to play. I buy things. I play with all these different products. Um, one of the things that I've become particularly, you know, mindful of and and sort of identified as being something to really pay attention to is dynamics in the cinema. So if you've got a dedicated cinema space, apart from like the acoustic treatment, which anyone who's heard me go on about before it's one of my main points um but the dynamics of the audio system so the difference between the loud and the quiet parts is one of the most um, impactful things when you do a cinema correctly is the dynamics are really really sort of exaggerated and, and impactful and that's the thing from a like i've done active audio systems and all different types of audio products that's one of the things that really stand out for me with the marquee system is that they are silky smooth and they are super dynamic. And I've just like, it was a drastic change from what I was, what I had running in here before the dynamics is un like, you just can't even compare the two and they're really, really smooth and super, super easy to listen to. So no fatigue, dynamic, really smooth, really happy with it. That is great to hear. That's great to hear. I'm glad we're delivering on our promises then. <laughs> yeah, really. Imp- like I, like I said, I can choose. I'm like lucky enough to be able to choose what I put in, and um, I've looked at quite a few options. And yeah, a, a easy choice to make. Well, I look forward to coming down and sitting uh, in your showroom and listening to it together. Then you can see we've still got a few things to work on around here, but um, we'll get there. By the time I come over, you'll be done. I'm sure. <laughs> don't know when that will be well i think that wraps up another episode on the home tech talk podcast thanks for coming on thank you thanks for having me and um you know happy to do this again if you guys feel like it yeah i think we'll have some reasons to do this again shortly so we'll um we'll get that done in due course yeah definitely and for our listeners how do they find any more information about origin acoustics 
Uh, our website, originacoustics.com, um, we also have dedicated outdoor speaker website. We didn't even go too much into it. It's basically just youroutdoorspeakers.com, anything outdoors there. And yeah, but most of it is originacoustics.com. Anything outside the US will bounce back to me if you want to get back to me. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Stay tuned for our next episode. We also have a PayPal link in our show notes. Thanks, guys. 